Hi everybody and welcome to this episode of the NSL's podcast. Hope you're all well who's watching and listening. Today we're joined by John and Francis. How are you both? Good, mate. mate. Coming coming here from my prison cell. Got all right. That room looks like you're in a really (laughs) narrow hallway and you're just locked out of every room in your house there. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that they explain it your way on work purposes, so we'll just leave it at that. We're already joined by Egyptian Kings in. Craig White, the Legends in, Dodgers in. With a name like that, Dodger, be join our membership club at 99pm month. That's Dodgy as well. Hopefully done. Kenny McCardle, <laughs> absolutely fantastic for you to be joining us this early boys. on. And we'll get into it. This Super 6 thing that <clears throat> Ross set up at the moment. Well, earlier on it was 10. Now we're up to 13 members. We'll have new members who join today. So if you want to get you, on to that, you, there's a link. You, you, you fucked it right off the bat by forgetting to put your Why? skulls in. What score? I well listen. I'm going to get to that. I've I've an actual excuse. Okay, so bear <laughs> with me. <laughs> but I mean, if you just want to get on it, there's the league code as well. You just follow the the membership and you download the app and you can join it <laughs> by that. And we'll get into the tables now. It's quite interesting to read this table because first place is Francis Cardi with our very own with 14 points. Just behind that's him it. in second place is Stephen Wright with 13 points. That's good. Sean Ross comes in at third with 11. Kevin Hampsey with 8 points. Phil Tomlinson with 8 points. Ross Muir with 8 points. John Tomlinson, 8 points. Mark McGuire, 8 points. Alistair Jack, 8 points. William Dobbin, 8 points. Jimmy McElduff, who does join today with 4 points. And Kevin Gallagher and myself on, a, on zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> but listen, there's an an absolute a brilliant excuse for why that didn't happen, me predicting the scores, because I'll be totally honest. I fucking forgot, lads. I just did. I forgot. <laughs> but here, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on it this week and it'll be a good crack. And again, for anyone who wants to get into that, join the Super Six and the Cells Championship. There's a league code there as well. Just to come to yourself, Francis, how'd you pull that off? Just came my shit, eh? <laughs> Sheer fucking lost like anybody else. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but there, of William, Patrick Lachlan, and Monty's in as well. But we can crack right in it, boys, into what we're here to talk about. And that's the trip to Ross County. And I'll start with yourself, Francis. And as we always do, it's kind of a tradition I in this podcast. Just a, a brief review, a summary before we get stuck in the player performances and how the game went overall. It's a struggle, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, some, some media, I know we'll get into that, but some media, let's all, I'll have you believe it was. It was a struggle for us, but it was. I was on on reflection. It was a really com- comfortable performance. I sat and watched it with with Ross on his his not illegal stream. Um, and, uh, but I so we were saying what Ross is obviously. I'm, I'm a wee bit like you, Stephen. Get caught up in the emotion too much, and maybe maybe get a wee bit drastic in my thinking. And Ross, in fairness to him, kept on saying, "We've got to score. We've got to score." And I'm sitting. I know, I know, but I'm sitting going. Bastards, we fucking no got scored, but we did. I mean, we were, we, were, we were comfortable. We always looked, when you do look at it, we always looked like scoring. And it was, it was a, it was a comfortable performance. Stephen, great, great goals. Um, just try like Kyogo's first goal. I suppose we'll come at like you keep, uh, they always say it's, it's movement in the box is key, but his lack of movement was actually what was really good about that goal. He, he knew not to make it. just stopped his run. And knew that was the movement, so to speak, mm-hmm. to make. And then, obviously, you, you lost the goal. It's a wee bit of a, it's, it's a. It was a weird goal to loss. It wasn't. It was different for Jens, I think. 
uh, has to has to be stronger. But it, it wasn't a powerful header, but it was one of the ones where Hart left it for. I think it was Taylor, and Taylor's left it for Hart, and they've just whereas both of them should just really try and deal with it and clear it. And then obviously after that, Hart uh, Hart redeems himself a bit, and makes a great save. Then obviously Jens gets gets a goal. Then uh, Abada scores a great goal just to sort of. Uh, uh, just to finish off the performance and yacht away free hat trick, eh, free hat tricks, oh. eh? free free assists, and that is he started the season flying. So uh, it was it was a good performance and what could have been a tricky tricky ground, Stephen. Being early like second game of the season, it's never necessarily can be easy to go up to Dingwall and stuff. So it was good to get a a good performance. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of love at the minute, John, within the comments. You can see them as well as me coming in live here with Jada. Everyone's mentioning how easy it was for him. And as Francis rightly said, it was a brilliant point. We need it rescued, according to certain factions of media organisations within football. But it was anything apart from that. I know, obviously, as Celtic fans, we all get, obviously, into the fear. And I think Monty was saying there it was comfortably, but he was getting the fear. I was getting the two. I'm not going to deny it. But when you look at it overall, take off the... The kind of panic and the emotion you're feeling when you can see that goal, and it does control it with ease. I mean, Jada was fantastic. He's an absolutely unbelievable player, and as Franny said, he likes a comfy two 0 two 0 victory. But we'll take a comfy three <laughs> one. Nah, no, listen, it, 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 like Franny says, man. Every time Ross County always give you a tough game when you go away, and Dingwall was a hard place for us, and and it, that's not because we're not capable. Like we we comfortably controlled uh, everything and. The match was like, like you say, Francis Ross was a goal's coming. I think we all kind of felt that it was just a matter of time. But as time went on, and it get it was later, it's like you started getting images again of the whole thing for last season when it was like a last minute thing, like Ralston scored, and it, you, you were kind of thinking, is it going to be the same again? But we definitely controlled the game. I don't think that was ever in question. But they defend really, really well, and they're very organised. And we say the same about like when we we go. To, to Livingston and we play these teams they, they all sit back and they like to sort of like pack the box and they make it difficult for us and we don't help ourselves because we're always we do the same thing over and over again we try and play it wide get it into the box uh, and it, listen it, 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 it's always a tough game but I, I thought we were magnificent and, and like you say Jota's been absolutely unreal that goal uh, against Aberdeen and then three assists the, the weekend. Like, who, who's it? Somebody said something in the comments here uh, about the just game player of the month and goal of the <laughs> month for the new. Because uh, it was unreal. But uh, listen, that Abada's effort, man. Ah, he's got a good case for goal of the month already as well. They build up play for that goal. Uh, exactly. And then the, the way he turned and took it, it was. I keep saying this in the chat, but I'm going to say it on this and embarrass myself. But uh-huh. it's Abada Kadabra. Because that was fucking <laughs> magic. <laughs> I'm here uh, all week. No one, no, no one's going to pick I, you on that one's up. <laughs> listen, it, it, we, we teen it well, man. I, 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 we, and we did in the end, we won it comfortably. And I thought Jens had an incre- a, a cracking game as well uh, for a competitive debut. Uh, and by the way, I think we'll, we'll get into it, I'm sure. But I think Starfield's definitely got competition in his hands. Like, uh, we're, we're definitely going to get into that and I think William comes in here for a great point carbon copy of Levy at home last season the f- difference is now this team always finds a way to win people have to remember that as well it's absolutely fantastic that Postacoglu's had time in pre-season not to worry about obviously these qualifiers so he's had more time to implement this kind of 
his kind of training philosophies and you see Joe Hart even saying that himself he's learning again a different way of playing this summer because he wants to be higher up the pitch but we'll start with yourself John and Francis said about it Kyogo his movement for that goal what he does stayed still I, I watched like the, the photos not watched looked at the photos because you can't watch photos you know what I mean looked at the photos that were online and someone pointed out one of them analytics people was like he just stayed still in the box and with it in that cutback and he took it really well and even in the first half there was a time where he tried to play, play the ball around the corner he got it back again from a ricochet and he fired in a cracking shot but their keeper made a great save but how important is it for Kyogo being back among the goals and he said already he wants to be hitting 30 plus like so that's, that's a big aim for a fantastic player yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's more than capable of hitting 30, and I think we showed that he showed that last year. And if it were Barry's injury, he probably would have been close. Um, we were lucky as well that we had somebody like Yakimakis to come in and fill that gap um, because he's another something, another player that you can rely on to score goals. But I, I definitely, for that first goal, it surprised me because Kyogo's normally somebody who's constantly moving and he, mm. he's, he's constantly trying to get in behind his man. And it, it, so for him to be where he was was a bit. Unlike him, but again, he done what he needed to do. He scored a goal. He said he goes off the mark, and he's he's started his season halfway a nice wee strike. So, I I think I think come the end of the season, he's going to be run about the thirty mark. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, I think it's like as well that obviously Franny we missed him for like a large chunk of last season, and you kind of missed how important he was to the team. And Jack and Mac has come in and rightly had that mantle towards the end of the season, becoming top goal scorer, effectively from twelve games, but. Kyogo, for me, he's just fantastic. And as John said, he's always on the move. And it sometimes annoys the life out of me that players don't pick out his runs. You see him making them darting runs. And he doesn't get frustrated. He just keeps going. He does it and does it again until someone finds him. And I think John's right. I don't know about yourself. I think 30 goals for him is more than achievable. Like, isn't it? I think, I mean, it's going to be hard for both of them. Like, Haman, Jack and Marcus to get 30 goals. Just, it's going to just be the amount of games both would need to play to achieve that. But if one of them stakes a claim for the number the number nine, so to speak, both of them are capable of doing it. Obviously, fitness will depend a lot of that, but like you two have touched on there, it's you just look at what they've done in essentially half a season, they've, they've got a good goal tally in. No me. The mess snapping. It's me. Uh, I don't know what's going on with it. It's take, the it's it. take the battery out it. Take the battery out it. I'm not doing it live. That's that's a warning, Stephen. I mean, I would not be a good electrician if I didn't point this out to you. That's a warning that you need to change your battery. Um, but I, <laughs> Kyogo is def- definitely got a man that if he stays fat uh, to get the thirty goals, it's always good for your strikers to score early on in the season, so it's not dragging on and dragging on. So he's got off the mark early with a nice goal. Like you say, he's just not. He's as we say the, the key is sometimes say the key is movement, but sometimes. That movement doesn't need to be much. It's just make the check your run and just stop. Because a lot of folk, obviously, Jot has got to pick the pass out. Um, it'd have been easier for him to run to the front post or just run out the middle of the goal, but just kept it, kept it back, and Jot has picked him up. And uh, but I is, I think either striker is, if they pay, play regular enough, either one of them have got it in them to bang in thirty goals this season. I, I'm confident both of them will get twenty. I think they will rotate a wee bit so I think 30 might be a big ass just just down to the game time I think both of them will get if they're both fit Yeah, I mean we did see it there John kind of Kyogo stayed on the pitch and Yakimakis came onto the pitch and is, was that like a move by Anz to get a goal or do you think he's actually physically trying that out to see if it can be viable for league games and European competition because 
I think if they click, there is a chance for them to explode together because you have that. I know it's an old cliche, but the big striker, wee striker, bit of Finnegar has like and Skippy there, do you know what I mean? But again, totally different apples of players. But that's what I'm trying to say. I think there's an option for that going forward because we've seen it happening there in Dingwall. I think I think you've got a case for both. I mean, it, it, we did need to go. So bringing on Jackie Marcus at that point, I think most of us were kind of screaming for it. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it's interesting to see him actually go for Kyogo and Jackie Marcus because it's not something we've seen uh, really in the past. And I, I thought it worked really, really well. Uh, and it looked to, to be a partnership that could be worth looking at in the experimenting way a wee bit more going forward. I will say this about Maida as well, though, on that left. I think somebody mentioned that. I can't I, I, I can't mind who it was, sorry. Uh, but the, the, the left-sided position, it seems like um, he's the starting guy for Ange, and there's no denying his work rate. Uh, but I think he's probably better suited to coming on in the later end of the game when everybody's legs are tired and then trying to, to, do, to do what he does. Because I, for me, his movement and everything else and his work rate is undeniable. I mean, we can't really question that. But he's uh, he seems to be a wee bit scared to actually run at a defender or he doesn't seem mm. to be capable of beating a man. Um, he doesn't really try it as often as well and he likes to just pass it back. Um, and I think that can hurt us sometimes because, I mean, like I said, we dominated possession uh, against Ross County, but... There was moments where you were looking at that and you were going, maybe if Jota was out there on the left, he would come and cut inside. And Abada, I think Jota and Abada would be the preferred, for me anyway, the preferred starting uh, left and right side um, because they both like to attack their man, whereas Maeda doesn't he? Yeah, I think that's a great shout, Franny. I mean, I do get what you're saying about Maeda because sometimes you look at him, he's kind of dragged the, the opposition player out and he just goes back again. It's a bit frustrating, but it, it kind of goes back to the point as well, where you're looking at it. I don't think that's his game. He doesn't seem to have lots of skills or trickery. I think he kind of fries on on the breakaway, get in behind and cut in from a, a cross on the right-hand side. He kind of wins the flick on because he ne- nearly scored a good goal against Ross County. He does kind of improvise and hit it with his heel and their keeper, Lelo, uh, did a good save. But I do get that. There has been a lot of talk about that in the comments, whether uh, Jada should be out on the left and... See um, what Kaiser's yeah, saying here as well. Remember, like we seen yeah. it, Didier Agat was the perfect example of somebody who utilised his pace. Like mm-hmm. he would, he would just knock the ball past a man and then just fucking chase it. And there was no hope of catching him. And Maida's in a similar sort of. That I think that he could, he could do that as well. If he drops back a wee bit, picks the ball up, and then he can knock it by his man and then chase it and put yourself in a position to create something it, rather than just doing what he does. Because if it seems like when we, when he's playing, when we cut it out to him on the left. It's not going anywhere. He's, you know, he's not going to cut in because, like you said, it doesn't seem like that's his game. He's not going to cut in, um, and he's just going to look for another pass. And he, he, nine times out of ten, he's just cutting it back. So I think, I think you're, you're kind of losing something out in the left by starting him. But I definitely think he's. Well, got that's what I think. Plenty to offer. Uh, Patrick says. I that's what I'm saying. If if if, if, uh, if, if, if Maida drops back, back in, let's do. I let's like you've got Taylor or Burnaby who are going to overlap, right? If he drops back. And you can play it over that. He, he can still, he's got the pace to knock it by a man, regardless of where he is on the pitch. I don't think he needs to necessarily, I'm just using a guy as an example of somebody who utilised uh-huh. the pace, uh, not necessarily positionally, but Maeda's got the pace to beat just about anybody in that. I don't think there's anybody who can match him pace wise in the league. So why not utilise that? And like I say, it's, it, it, some, I can't mind who it was. And again, I apologise, but somebody mentioned bringing them on, sort of like, the later stages of the game, maybe the last 25, 30 minutes or whatever the case may be, and then utilising him 
at full fitness and using his pace to 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 beat a man with tired legs because it, 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 we we can see that he, he would run riot. I think I just think we're losing something out in the left with Maida at the minute, and I'm not saying he's not a good player and he's definitely got a lot to offer, but for me, he's just there's something missing. I get what you're saying, but I mean, uh, I kind of clocked that down, Franny. How long did it take John to go on his first tangent? <laughs> but I do get what you're saying. I was going to say I mean, the bell, but you're fucking smoke alarms doing that for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do get what you're saying, Franny. Like, coming to you, obviously, we're talking about Kyogo and Yakimaka's potential together because possibly done that. But again, throw your weight behind that Mieda argument as well. What are you racking on both, in both kind of subjects? I think... I mean, Angie's clearly an intelligent manager. I don't think he just chucked on Yakamakis and left Kyle going just to try it out, especially when you're chasing a goal. Also, I don't, he's, like, he's obviously done it to try and try and get the goal because we were, we were dominant in possession. You could afford, afford to lose that player in midfield and play, get a more attack. And it kind of looked sort of a, kind of went to a 4 2 4 sort of a formation, sort of a four attackers, if you like. And, uh, so, or, or maybe even you could argue a four-four-two. I think we've said it plenty of times. Postecoglou seems set in this four-three-three. That's not to say he'll not change it within the game. He'll maybe not. He'll maybe change it before a game. Play a different system. Uh, I really just fucking phone just went mental there. Sorry, two seconds. <laughs> phone just went mental. My screen just went all blank. But uh, I. So I don't. It's not to say that. Postocoglu is so one-dimensional and will only ever play 4-3-3, three, three, will make subs and it will still be 4-3-3. You're three, three. not successful as a manager. It's, it's just mm. no worries. And I think it would be, it'd be a bit disrespectful to suggest that that's the only way Ange can play. Yes, he said that like, this is the way he sees best to win football matches. So the majority of the time, that's probably what we will be doing is the sort of 4-3-3. Three, three. But I think Saturday, uh, Saturday showed that it's so I, I think you'll maybe more see the Jack and Marcus and Kyogo up up front more in a home game. Maybe not necessarily. I don't think we'll see it much in Europe unless we're in a game and maybe chasing a goal. You'll maybe maybe chuck it on then because he's maybe rather lose a game two 0 having a go to try and get back in the game or whatever if there's a goal in it. But I I, I think he's a bit setting. What's this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I, I think we may see it, but I don't think we'll see it on the regular. If I'm honest, as I say, he is set on like the sort of one focal striker. But like I say, it's not not meaning he, he won't. It's so one dimensional. With the Maeda one, I totally understand what John's saying, and it, it's a very valid argument. Very, I think it is. It is. I think obviously when Maeda came in last season, he, he was flying. I mean, he started the season really well in fairness to him as well. And I think last season, a lot of folk, including myself, were like, well, Maeda is nailed down for the left-hand side because he's just, he's an Ange player. He's everything that Ange wants to start pressing for the for the front three and stuff. So it's, Jota clearly does it, but I think, I think Maeda does it so much better. And it's maybe one of the ones, kind of like with Nakama, Nakamura, he was a luxury player that you put up with. Yeah, He wasn't got to do the dirty work. Maeda obviously is doing the dirty work, but like John said, Jota's got to beat a man, probably got to beat a man, create that space, like uh, we bit of his trickery to get by somebody more so far, more so than what Maeda does. So it's, I think it's got to be, like Ross said, it's got to be playing the fixture, 
I think you can argue, like John Maeda running at a tired right back, so to speak, or a, a tired defence, 100% makes sense. But equally, him playing for 60, 70 minutes, getting the players knackered, for, then makes it a wee bit easier for Jota to then go by them. You can totally flip it. And I think both arguments are very valid, but it's it's what we kind of alluded to late on last season and the sort of start of this season. It's great options we're talking about here. We're, we're arguing there. Two good players that bring two different things to two different things to the plate, and then, like John said, you've got a badder who I wouldn't say he's forgotten about, but for his contribution last season, it's almost like it seems to be Maeda's Jota or Jota, and then a badder's getting coming an argument then. But I, it's it's like we've said, it's a healthy argument to have, and I would rather be I'd rather be debating there something like this and saying. Or Ryan Christie's at right mid again. Some a centre midfielders playing at left wing. <laughs> At least we're actually we're arguing our guys that play in their positions, and they're both. I tell you one thing. Both bringing, both, they're both bringing good things to the table. It's a luxury to have, isn't it? I think you're right there. Uh, point out the kind of the side we're in. Now. And William comes in. Meda will be indispensable for Champions League because he works as hard coming back the way aye. as he does going forward. A great point. And great to have you oh, in the yeah. uh, watching the show, Paul McFarlane. He's dead set. Jada is by far our best left winger. I, I think the stats I, kind of backed it up. Ah, it's, it's it's got to just be one of them. It's it's got yeah. to be a wee bit. It's a luxury. My could, could go in a rant like a mad run and we'll be like, I made as the best left winger. Then Jota will come in and just go mental and up like ah, Jota's left. It's it's a good one to be in. It's a good position to be in. Hundred percent. I'm going to shine a light, John. Can on I, the, the I just want to touch on what William what William said there about Maida as well. The Champions League is probably going to be where he's utilised best for me as well, and I agree with that because, like I said, in Scotland, you ninety percent of the game you're pressing teams high and you're controlling possession, you're dominating the game, and he's kind of I, I don't know what the word he's confined, I guess, in that sense. He, he, like he, he's not running back all that much. You, you, you're not utilising his pace and his defensive abilities in that sense, because we we control the game in their half and we tend to just cut it around about the same sort of the same sort of final third of the pitch. So in the Champions League, though, teams are not going to sit back like a Ross County, a Livingston, and all that there against us. And we're going to need to track back, and you're going to need to like say Maeda to, especially if we're hitting teams on the counter, and you can knock a ball ahead in Maeda then, and he can chase it. And I think certainly what we'll, 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 you, it, it, it's much more advantageous, I guess, to use them in a setting like that where a team is pressing us or it's it's kind of 50-50 and we're not dominating as much of the ball. But I, I fully agree. Yeah, it's a great point because the game opens up more, doesn't it? And as you rightly said there, when you're at a, against a stuffy defence, you're kind of limited in what you can do in terms of breakaway and trying to break teams down as well. Do you know what I mean? And it's like... You look at it as well, John. I come back to yourself. I want to shine it on the fence here, and I know we're going to talk about Jens, but I want to come to you about your favourite ever player at Celtic, and that's Greg Taylor. <laughs> two games out of two in the league, and albeit his stats have backed him up, it looks like he's improving the game. He's got one man of the match award under his belt. Is it still a concern for you, though, that maybe Burnaby's not getting a, a sniff? I don't, not necessarily a concern he's not getting a sniff, but I still think Taylor's not the guy to take us forward. And if Burnaby's not the guy, and, and if, if he's not playing because Ange don't, doesn't think he's as good as Taylor, then and, and he brought him in as backup, we still need a left-back in that sense. Uh, and listen, Taylor did prove me wrong towards the latter end of last <laughs> season. And he, he did. He's, he, his game did improve. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody would agree with that. He came on leaps and bounds for the start of the season through towards the end of the season. But he still, he, he, can't, he, couldn't, he cannot cross a ball. I don't know what's wrong with him, 
that he just can't get his foot under a ball, but it's mental. And we need somebody on the left side who can swing a ball into the box and get a bit of height in it because I don't know what Taylor does, but it just it's annoying. And it, it frustrates mm. me every time I see him try to cross the ball because it just doesn't leave the ground at all. And it does my tits in. I think I think though, like you have to be be fair. Like he has improved as a player, but again, I just see I am actually yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to agree with what you said. It never really happens in this in terms of I think we can we can do better. Or he's, he's fainted, Francis. But mm. you look at Gregory as we like to call him, and again, he seems to be a divisive subject, especially when people are talking about him in the comments of things. I will come to the comments shortly about that. But you look at it. Yes, his stats are great in the SPL at the minute in terms of what he's doing and. Highest contributing to the team. He, he's kind of took that inverted fullback role on really well on Durant, especially coming into the centre of the pitch. But like John, if Burnaby's not going to get a, a shout at the minute, I think it's what we still need another option there. The the beef is for the European competitions. Uh, I'm not, but then you could argue as Burnaby not getting a game because of how well Taylor's performing. I think what I've seen of Burnaby, I think he's great going forward, but going backwards. We bit suspect his positional senses is needing needing a wee bit work on. But he's a young boy. He's had he's had like sort of like fifty five, sixty games or something in professional football. A lot of that's down to COVID and stuff. I think he broke broke into the Lanos team just before COVID, and obviously they had that big the break in between. So he's not had a lot of first team experience. Great knowledge, sir, Bradley. Great knowledge. See, you're not, you're not the only stat man. Someday, Phil McGinn will be straight in the comments and tell me I'm talking shit. Like, but we'll just run with the until he does. <laughs> um, but I, so like, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be Greg Taylor's biggest fan. But it was like John said, like you've said, it it was really good last season. It came, it really, really start grew into the season massively. He started great this season, like first game of the season, man the match to an extent. You wasn't he for um, Jota's free assist. You could I think Greg Taylor have a good argument for man the match again on uh, on Saturday. I thought he played really well. I get what John Simmons crossing. It, it, it isn't the best. He's far, but as a footballer and on the ball and passing, I think he's really good. He's a really good passer of the ball, um, and he's he's really really comfortable on the ball as well. Like he'll take it in tight spaces. He clearly, <laughs> probably all right. He gives a fuck. I'm running with it. I'm running with it. Um, um, fucking, I would actually check my phone, but I'm fit to move it because it mocks a bit. The I so I think the now you can't you can't make an argument for Burnley Bay to be in instead of Taylor, and I think even Taylor's pressing has got a lot better, which obviously we seen on on Sunday with the third goal. He was uh, there. We go. I'll trust this guy before before Monty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it's it, it's one of the ones if I think Burnaby was brought in to be the number one left back. I, th- I think it's obviously Ange's hope that that will happen in, in due course. It's clearly like you don't spend nearly four million on a guy just to just to sit on the bench. I'm sorry, it's just, it just it doesn't happen. That's Burnaby for me has been brought in to be the number one left back. But Taylor's performing now, so why you can't be dropping the guy? I think the big test will be in Europe. It will be in Europe, but right now, I just I can't see how you can you can fault the guy right now. It's Taylor's 
Taylor for me has not put a foot wrong in a long, long time. Yeah, he is. To be fair, he is getting a lot of love in the comments. I haven't really seen any uh-huh. negativity towards him and what he can do. I mean, Danny Boy for me sums it up perfect here. Taylor will play about 16 of the season, so Burnaby will step in sometimes. It's about that rotation type factor that Anne's t- always talks about, John. And the Quebec did as well. We've seen a debut for Maurice Jens, not Maurice Barr, that we had a, a right uh-huh. back at one point alone from Stoke City, I believe it was. But ah, we've got uh, Maurice Jens in now. He's made his debut. For me, he looked comfortable. He could play the ball with both feet, which was great to see. He looked quick. I fully look quick anyway, quicker than uh, some defenders that we have, not to be named, but coming to yourself you mentioned Starfelt here and you're a big fan of Starfelt in terms of competition for places where do you see this one going at the minute well I mean st- listen it's difficult to say at this stage because like I say I, I, I kind of championed Starfelt last season um, and he came on and he'd done exactly what we needed him to do and he started to again he's, he improved with each passing game and he cemented his place uh, but Jens came in and his debut he, he looked Apart and he teamed up with CCV really, really well. They're both quite strong guys as well. The, Jens has got the height, it, it, and he showed that he's like when he scored, he scored in his, his debut, uh, his mm-hmm. competitive debut. Um, Starfield's no scored yet, <laughs> so <laughs> Jens has already got one up on him uh, in that case. Uh, but I like you said, he looked comfortable on the ball, he, he can pass a ball, he's good with the ball at his feet, he likes to move forward as well. He, 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 He's no shy to bring the ball forward. Um, I and he, he, he has. It just reminds me of Julian and everything about Julian. When Julian first started, was he was the exact same. And I know you're going on about that. that he's not got the pace and all that, but it's pish. The but it's Jens definitely. It's so evident. It it's pish. so evident. It's Man. no. But Jens, Jens is like I said. He, he is just in. It's going to be. It's difficult to say who's going to be starting. But he certainly he's he's put Starfield on notice anyway. And he's definitely gave Anne something to think about because I, I mean, you don't want to rush bringing Starfelt back. Uh, like I say, you'll bring him on. Sorry, I think Starfelt Jens will maybe start, or when Welsh is back, maybe Welsh will start. I think Starfelt will kind of <laughs> cheers, Monty. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it did you that long to notice that. I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> but like I said. Starfelt will probably get minutes like later stage of the game. He get minutes in his legs. He's not going to start anytime soon. Uh, he'll come on. Monty, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> when when you said when you said Francis and me were talking pitch, I was alright. But no, no, that's nonsense. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. Uh, Starfelt's not going to start anytime soon. So it's either going to be Welsh or Jens. Jens is cemented, no cemented. Uh, but he's put. Andrew notice, uh, he's put staff mm-hmm. out on notice. He's there to fight for a place. He scored in his competitive debut. He looked really comfortable. So, remains to be seen. But I don't think Starfield will start anytime soon. But I, I expect to see him feature on the bench more coming forward and probably get like maybe 20 minutes. If we're winning comfortably, I don't, it didn't happen against Ross County because we were, it was 1 1 with 20 minutes to go. But if, we're, if we've got a 2 0 leads, let's say, or we're comfortably in control of a game with 20 minutes to go, then I expect to see Starfield getting some minutes in his legs. Yeah, I mean, again, Franny, I've just realised sometimes I take my whole kind of negative thoughts towards Julian like really badly. <laughs> so, so it's not, it's not even. Do uh, you know what I mean? I, I I like Julian for what he's done at Celtic Football Club. Let me put that on record. But it's clear to see. I mean, Anne does a fancy, and I think we've all kind of agreed. It's probably his personality more than anything that Anne doesn't 
kind of get on with, and that's fair enough. That's the way it happens sometimes, and he's out the door. And then you, you look at Welsh, Franny, before Jansk got his debut, he didn't put a foot wrong. He looked decent. He unfortunately picked up an illness, obviously, going into the game at Ross County. But what I was so pleased to see about Jans was he was he was big and physical, and he backed it up. He got a crack and goal. He was part of that header, and he loved it. And he's kind of took that Matt O'Reilly type fence around the Celtic Football Club. They're always smiling. They're happy when they're being interviewed. He's fit it into the philosophy, let's say, of the manager straight away. He's there to play football. He already alluded to the fact that his, his main strengths of the game are taking the ball from the back and playing it in the midfield, and he can play in tight spaces. And things like that. And Jed Thomas, another great point. Starfield will not be wrist on a plastic pitch. Again, you don't want to do that to a player come back from a long-term injury over the summer, obviously. But you, you look at it in terms of that. Jens, great performance all round. What are you thinking? Funny Jed mentioned the plastic pitch because I think a lot of Celtic fans judge Julian on a couple of performances on a plastic pitch and mm, write him off against fair. write him off against big That's fair. Um, but I, Jens... Obviously, it was a wee bit unfortunate for for Stephen Wilson in his uh, in his case. He obviously picked up an illness and missed out because I, I think, considering his start last week, I think Stephen Wilson would have started. But then he, he just we Angie just didn't know we've we've tried for what is this now? Well, obviously a season we Angie was still. I don't think any of us have actually picked a team right with him. So there was every chance that Jens was going to start. Um, but I. No, Jens, he looked really good in ball accounts. If we're led to believe, Jens was the guy that we wanted before Carter Vickers. So it's clear that guy Anz has had an eye on, eventually got him in. And for me, obviously, Carter Vickers' performances this season, there's no way he's not playing. Like that's, he's, the mate, he's the number one, and it's who plays next to him. And I yeah. think I, I don't want to criticise Starfield because. Yeah, had shaky moments. He looks dodgy on the ball for it. Like, doesn't look comfortable on the ball. Just could be the type of player he is. But he just never once looked comfortable on the ball. Defending when he's not really got any time. Aerial duels, he tends to win 9 out of 10 on his route. Like, rarely loses any of his aerial duels, any of his bat, uh, 50-50 battles. But it seems, obviously, like he touched on Ella. Joe Hart wants to play higher up the park. Clearly, uh, and just try to get us higher up the park. Jens looked so much more comfortable. Like Wally said, Ross said it as well. He's, he's Julian with the right attitude, it would seem. Julian, obviously, I feel like it's a player I really like. Really, really did rate, but it must be an attitude thing. I can't think of any other reason why Julian's not on that team. Um, and So, Jens, for me, I think, as it was a really solid performance, was bringing the ball, taking the ball in really well, looked comfortable on that what we've been saying, we've been looking for a left-sided defender and the well, left-sided centre-half, and he looked really comfortable in that position. It wouldn't surprise me if he nails down that position with CCV, and it'd be really, really harsh on Starfield, really, really harsh on the guy, because, uh, yeah, he had his shaky moments, gives away some dodgy fouls, but you can't discredit what he actually done and what was the best defensive uh sort of a combination in the league last season, but what Jens is gain is, is that aerial threat. Obviously in our own box, but in the opposition box, which Carter Vickers and Starfield, unfortunately, are the gainers. Aye, because I think that's why some of our set pieces probably, the stats on our set pieces probably aren't as great. We've, we've not got that aerial threat. Now we've got it with Jakimakis and now Jens as well. So 
he looks he looks the type of defender that Ange wants. I know Starfield, Ange brought in Starfield, but it's it just it does look uncomfortable on the ball. But whereas Jens looks a lot more comfortable, I was I was really impressed with the boy. Yeah, a great all-round performance in, in terms of his debut. And can I say, Anthony made a great point there previously. Thanks to everyone who's watching. We're over 60 live. I don't really appreciate everyone watching and commenting and interacting with us at the moment in this podcast. And also, get involved in the Super 6. The league pin is there. Download the, the Sky app and you can get into that as well. Ross, Ross Muir of our uh, podcast created that, so it's great fun to be involved in. Totally free and the well. member- Totally free. It's totally free. Yeah, yeah. Totally free. And the yeah. membership totally free. You've got a chance of winning a million pounds every weekend. <laughs> And the membership option, obviously, 99p a month. You get that wee cracking emoji and stuff that, that John has made. It's just great. Get involved in it if you can. No pressure on anybody, but we appreciate all the support. But in terms of that, I want to bring up a comment here, John, right? And I'm going to leave it back here because I want to see if I can find it, right? Frank Brennan. He, he gets a lot of, not hate, but he gets a lot of questions in the comments and being called negative and stuff. But sometimes I think he comes out with some good stuff. Sometimes, obviously, different opinions and all that. But... Sadly, Starfelt and Taylor are the prime suspects at this precise moment in time for costing us there in the Champions League. Of course, not forgetting our our like our still like with the midfield as well. What do you think about that? Think us being negative or being real? Well, I mean, it's a bit of both. I, listen, absolutely. I mean, we've said for the for, for day one, Greg Taylor's not going to be the guy to take us forward in the Champions League, right? Or at least I have, and I think most people <laughs> have agreed. What Frank's saying there is like we've already making them. Is that is that he's implying we're already making them scapegoat, scapegoats before? No, he's saying he's the prime. They're the prime suspects in terms of us mate, dropping points or losing games. Hmm. I no, I mean it's hard to sort of say. Who's to say we're going to actually drop points and lose games? But the draws not even been made yet. We don't know who we're going to be facing. John's got his one in it. John's got his one in it. <laughs> I don't think we're going to... Listen, we need to be realistic, right? We're, it's uh, going to be very... Regardless of the team we've got, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to compete with the teams in the Champions League. What we do need to do is ensure that the team are, are well-structured and they're playing the right way. And all, everybody's accountable for their own mistakes in the Champions League. And it, it, it doesn't just fall on Taylor. It doesn't just fall on Starfelt or anybody else that's playing. I mean, I'm pretty sure... Hart might make a mistake and everybody will jump on his fucking back and so on and so on. Like, it's difficult to sort of say, but for me, we do have a weak link at left back in the Champions League with Taylor. And that before, because I just personally, he's good in the SPFL when you're dominating games and you've got 90% possession. But when you're coming up against much tougher teams, then these players are really going to get tested and that's where we'll see what they're made of. So it's difficult to say now. Yeah, I know 100%. I mean, Paul McFarlane, he's kind of went with you here, John. you got to be on it to win it, Franny. They're all loving this positivity in terms of what we're speaking yeah. about tonight. And then you look at Patrick McLaughlin. I said a few weeks back, if Burnaby wasn't up to speed, it could possibly be Juranovic at left back in the Champions League and Ralston at right back. If that's the case, then Frank Brennan's been right all summer. But it is okay, obviously, to point out where you think you're weak. And you look at the midfield, <clears throat> I do agree sometimes that maybe we could be a bit more stronger, a bit more aggressive. But as Posta Crowley's already said, that's not his game. So you can't really go against that, can you? That's one of them. It's you're either all in runs or you're not. It's when we are managers, you've you either trust him or you don't. And I think he's got a lot of credit in the bank way with the support that now the way he's performed in. Uh, it's to touch on uh I think was that point there, like I said it weeks ago, there's no way we are seeing your anabit. Apart from injuries, I don't see a senior Anovic at left back this season. You don't you don't mm. spend that money in Burnaby to play your at left back. 
I just I don't see it happening. Not not as it might happen now and again. I do understand what they're saying maybe in the Champions League because Juranovic will defensively maybe be a wee bit better, but I just I don't I don't see it happening on very often. And certainly nowhere near how much he played last season. But to I, I get where France coming with, with with Taylor and Starfield. I mean it goes back to Starfield does make some needless fouls sometimes, so it gives you some puts you on, under pressure when you don't need to be against better opposition. So the, the, it maybe will be one of the prime candidates to, to cause us issues. It's like John said, it's it's hard and a wee bit unfair to criticise players in the Champions League before they've kicked the ball in the tournament yet. So it's yeah, one of them. I can, I, I, can, I can understand the argument there with Frank because, like I say, I'm not, I'm far from Greg Taylor's biggest fan, but like I say, for a long while now, he's, he's not put a foot wrong. Not put a foot yeah. wrong. So it's it, it deserves that chance. Um, the midfield, I would like a Winyama type boy, but. Uh, I think that's a great exactly point, I, by Paul Denton. Aye. Yeah. You just, you're up against top, top players, man. Exactly. World class players. It's, and look at Matt Riley, what was he, 1.5, and he's, well, we are, he's far from world class, but he's a, in our eyes, he's a superstar. They, they didn't need to be the most expensive player in the world to actually be a really good player. Um, but I, the midfield, I would love an enforcer type boy, like a Wiyama would be great. But then to flip that, not comparing Celtics midfield free to Barca's, but well, I've just, nah, Busquets is actually quite big when you think about it, eh? Ah, <laughs> 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 I forget I said that one. But, eh, uh, I've, I fuck it, get when you're man. Move on, Stephen. I was, I thought no, I was going again. to make a, val- I thought I was going to make a valid point. Then I forgot. Biscuits about six five, man. I got to, <laughs> I got to. Deadly duo. We're on par here. But I, I get, I, I get what you're saying, right? Again, it's people not being negative. It's people pointing out points, and as as Frank rightly said, what his negativity could be another person's realism. That's a great point as well. People see the game in different ways, different opinions, and it's it's great to debate about it and have a chat about it and things like that. And, Everyone in the comment section as well. If you're standing, if you're standing still, you're no. That's no good. Angel will always be watching yeah. and improving. Like, yeah. Pressing, it's only one Celtic. In his eyes, he's only one Celtic to improve, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and I think Kevin fourteen, another member of the podcast channel. Thanks for that, Kevin. Ange wants to be stronger as a unit, and I think that's quite right, John. When you Absolutely. see at the end of the game, the build-up play to that final goal. Aaron Moy was involved in the foot. I think at one point he wanted to strike the ball. It kind of got took off him as he was running up the, the bang of the enemy. But Endrick at play, Abada, turn and swivel, bottom right-hand corner from outside the box. Great finish. And as Franny said, sometimes you forget his contribution last season. I think it was 16 goals and uh, 10 or 12 assists in that in that run. Fantastic. And I've seen this interview that he'd done about Beaton leaving and how much that's kind of not affected him, but got to him. He was crying. He was emotional. But again, Beaton's helped him lay his bed at Celtic Park and hopefully again this season he kind of excels himself and moves forward and gets loads more goals. What? John. What? You cut it. I didn't hear what happened. I said you. I was question. That's me done. I'm out now, my John. Now, what I was saying, like, we've seen this interview about Beaton leaving. He was emotional. Beaton's kind of laid that path for him at Celtic Park and it's time for Abada to take his mantle on and score those goals in the in the coming seasons. Okay. 
I mean, that, but that, I think that's what we, we expect him. I mean, you, you kind of want all, all the players to pick up for what they did last season in terms of their contributions. Um, I, it's a bit unfair to say that we've forgotten what Abada was done last year. Um, but I, again, what it, it alludes to the strength of going through the team and the players that we've signed, uh, because you've got that level of depth and it, you can't pick, you can't please everybody. You can't start everybody. So you have to pick the best team on the day. And Angie's is obviously the best man to do that. He's the best place to decide who's going to be starting, who's going to be doing what. And it's, it doesn't mean that these players, like let's say, if if Ange decides for throughout the course of the season to opt with Maida, eh, Kyogo, and Jota on the right, and uh, that means Abada's no starting, um, his numbers are going to drop just because of that reason alone. But that doesn't mean he's still no capable of doing what he done last year. And he showed what he was capable of when he came on against uh, Ross Counts. And the, and the way he took his goal as well. I think he's still a bit raw in the sense that he, he snatches at chances sometimes and his first touch can be a wee bit off. But, I mean, he's definitely a, a player who's developing still. And what, what's what's great for us is he is only going to get better. And mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's still got another few gears in him, I think. So I think we're definitely going to benefit for the long term. Uh, 100%. Uh, I do agree with you there. And if I cut out to anyone else, I do apologise. But yeah, you got a gist of what it we were talking about there. Mate, <laughs> in I terms of what we're saying about said, like... Avada, Francis. And thank you, thank you for saying you heard it. Because I thought it was a very valid point it was making. Sure. <laughs> and I, I, obviously, what you mentioned before in terms of people forgetting, I didn't mean obviously totally forgetting. But when you look at this um, season, we're talking about Mieta, Jada, Kyogo, all that. <laughs> 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 Fair play, but Abada, as John says, only going to get better. I do get what he said he was raw because so, sometimes last season when he cut in, he had a shot that went poof, way over the bar, hit the corner flag or something. But the goal at Ross County is William Wright. He said loads of times on here, so be uploaded to a certain site. It was uh-huh. fantastic. Like, uh, I was a really good, and like you said, Greg Taylor started with his, his pressing high up the park and stuff late on in the game. Nice couple of one twos with Yota, then with Abada, and I just picked up and curled it in and I think John makes a valid point like, like you say I think it was about 20 odd uh, goal contributions if he equals gets something similar this this season then we're on for a great season with him because I think just the emergency how well Maeda's done it kind of then forces Yota out in the right Forrest has obviously got that new deal featured quite heavily I think, in pre-season so I think Forest might feature, so I think it's more just a bad as game time. Be it'll be obviously a lot of that'll be determined on performance if he, when he comes in, he does perform, he's got a feature mode. But I would be surprised if he hits those numbers again. I still expect him maybe double figures on assists and goals, which will be a great, great turner mm. and great, great season for the guy. So I it's just I think he is, he has still Roy's, he always look almost looks uncomfortable at times on the ball, but again, I think he's another, like many wingers, are, they're confidence players. If, if they're getting assists and beating their man, scoring goals, they're flying, they're, they're wanting the ball all the time, but sometimes when it's not happening, they're maybe not interested and they'll maybe run into the crowd area, but I think which, even at his young age, at 20-year-old, he, he never seemed to hide for a game, even last season where he was maybe in a wee sticky patch, never had for the game. Um, so I've it's it's exciting times now. It's for Celtic way with guys like Abada, Jota, Maeda, and even Forrest and things like that. It's, 
it's fast attacking sort of tricky wingers. Yeah. It's it's what we always want at Celtic. It's bums off seats players. It's, re- it's relentless. The we never stop football that Pasta Coley mm. wants us playing and I think them options are great. I mean, you can interchange that, you can rotate it, and it's still as strong as the last kind of formation mm. that was put out last players of all. But we're going to get on to everyone's favourite subject here, John. Especially, I know you love talking about this. And that nah, is... For half an hour. I'm going to throw the you kettle. Are you going to put the kettle on that long Aye. hallway here? Is there a plug for a kettle? Aye. Aye, that is, that is. <laughs> but it's media bias in Scotland. And I, I know like people may go, I was speaking about this, but I think it was pointed out in Twitter, John, like it was absolutely rifler over the weekend. We need it rescued. The other side excelled a two 0 victory, even though it wasn't that at all. And it's just one of these things. And and I heard the interview that Posta Coley done on the the BBC with I can't remember her name, but it was just along the lines of was it difficult? She was repeating herself a lot, and he was like, "Look, we controlled the game. We got through the difficult parts. We excelled. We were comfortable. We were relentless. All he ever wants." What do you, what do you say about this? Because I don't want you to give me a half baked answer. I want you to just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and, listen, you, you and everybody else that's watched this podcast or listened to me before and we've touched on the subject to the media know exactly how I feel about it. And they're doing nothing to change my mind in any way. And like you said, we're always going to see bias in the media. And especially, what is it? The BBC even reported that it's 3 1 to Ross County at some point. It was I. They absolutely made an asset. And. We were, we, were, we were the very last score reported as well. Like Rangers were at the top of that list. We were dead bottom and it was 3-1 Ross County, even though the, when you read the description it was like Celtic 1. But this, it just shows you the, the absolute amateur fucking level of journalism that's going on when it comes to this country and it's football. And I, I fully I expect no less. They're all rats. And as far as they can all... I've said it before. Listen... For me, see if I was uh, and, and I had any say at Celtic at all, the, the lights in the BBC and the Sun wouldn't get anywhere near Celtic Park. You don't need them. They'll, they'll report on you regardless because they need to sell papers and they need clicks on their web. I don't think the BBC would really care. We're no, listen, we're not going to run groveling and, and all that like Rangers did. But just tell them, like, we don't need you here. Like, get to fuck. They don't offer us anything. They don't offer us. There's nothing constructive about what anything that they do or anything that they say. I've just, I, I've just I'm nothing but disdain for them. I, I, I hate them. I think that's a, a great point by William. I've seen the the banners calling out the. And by the way, the kind of it, 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 if this is the thing as well, how, how many how many media outlets have reported on banners with other teams? It's like, but if we put a banner up calling out the media. It be on the yeah. news. It be this that. Did certain things would be said and all the rest of it. We don't need them anywhere near Celtic Park. They're going to report on the game and the result regardless because they have to. They've got sports divisions that have to report on certain things like that. Anything that they are writing at the minute is absolute shit. It's nonsense and like I said, that there's an element of bias and it's unmissable. Like you, there's, you can't actually read an article, uh, and then someone and say there's no bias here. But like I said, when BBC are listing the the weekend's results and Celtic are dead last and they've reported that it's 3-1 to Ross County. Like, they just, there's no proofreading. They're amateur as fuck. Just let them go, man. Yeah. I think Stevie Boy kind of nailed this. John, what you were saying, they need us more than we need them. I think that's a fantastic point. Absolutely. And I know that you probably could have an arty yourself just doing this screen talking about how you feel about (laughs) the the journalism and media here. Can I I just add in, sorry, just one other thing. See, when it comes to like, 
the BBC don't pay as much. I'm saying, but like, even when it comes to the, like, say, like Sky Sports, see when you see Sky Sports and all that involved in English media and all that, they pay an absolute fortune for that privilege, right? So that's understandable. But we don't get fuck all after them. So like, BBC don't. Owe, they, we owe them nothing. Like, hmm. wh- why are we pandering to them and why are we continuing to let them do what they're doing? At yeah, what point do you just turn around and then just say that like, you know what? We don't need you. Bye. Well, you, you look at the, the kind of celebratory nature that they got back in the, the team across the city this year, so they're kind of loving the, the love-in over there, Francis, and I think William comes in saying, when Chris Boyle is on every Sky game, you cannot say there isn't a pass in the middle of the bitterness oozes out of them. I totally agree, because in that first game I watched, it was the, the panel was on, I didn't see Chris Boyd, and it was like, oh, this is great. And next minute it was like, Chris Boyd in the country, and you're like, is this where they're hiding him now to get the, get him into these games? Like, exactly. Why? Do you know Why? what I mean? It's, it's pointless. Like you're, you're doing it, nothing. You're putting him there to do nothing but cause a fucking stir, and you know you, you're yep. going to get folk talking about it. Why even put yourself in that position? See, as soon as they mentioned, by the way, we're going to bring Chris Boyd. Eh, Chris Boyd, sorry, Boyd. Fucking see, I'm raging. I'm fucking furious. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen, they're going to bring. As soon as they mentioned Chris Boyd, and he's going to be in the gantry commentating on the game. Like, nah, jog on. Yeah, hundred percent. And Franny, in terms of yourself, I mean. You you kind of brought up the point when we first spoke about the summary of the the game and thing. Well, you mentioned that certain factions of the media <laughs> labelled as a rescue or as a, a needy win or as one of these ones we had to dig out. What what's your opinion on it overall? Uh, well, I've just excuse me for going on my phone here because I tend to notice this. So we had seven shots on target, nine off target today, or two on both. Seventy eight percent, seventy eight percent percent possession. But 12 corners to their three. I know that was easy for me to say. And then, so if that's if that's struggling through a game, then I don't know what is. Like, I, I, I don't know how that, that is as convincing a performance as you've got to get. Um, but I, the media, like, it was obvious last season. Uh, I wouldn't say Chris Boyd sort of a go. I, like, Chris Boyd is just, see, when he. You just need to watch him waffle and struggle when he's got to analyse any game. He's he's horrendous at it. Absolutely no clue. I can uh, I can remember there was a couple of times Sean Maloney was on both Sky and Sports Scene, and he just like Chris Boyd was just he just got shown up for how stupid he was when it comes to analysing games. Mm. But Chris Boyd and and another Chris Boyd as well. Like he summed up his bitterness at one game where. He talks about something and he's always got to hear a slide dig at Celtic and stuff. And it's like, mate, you're there to report on the football. You're not here to... Exactly. It's, it's all we... Pan- it's it's trying to play the pantomime villain with him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Chris Sutton obviously done it on BT Sport. But what Chris Sutton done good was he always bigged up the Scottish game. Always bigged it up. Whereas Chris he, he called out Celtic way. too. He called out Celtic too. Sutton was exactly. Sutton wasn't shy. If Celtic done but something... It was, right the pa- it was kind of the pantomime villain on BT Sport to the extent, but he backed up with knowledge of the game, whereas Chris Boyd's is absolutely zero. Then you've also got Hugh Keevans now. Hugh Keevans is either the most intelligent guy in the world or the, the most stupidest guy in the world. <laughs> well, let's be like, it does a phone in, so it could be making these controversial statements for, because then it'll get folk phoning in. Like, Of course he is, he, he, but he believes it. That's the problem. How can he make a statement like Celtic, like, Predicts Rangers are going to win the league. That's he's well within his rights to predict Celtic, uh, Rangers are going to win the league. But then to back up by saying 
he thinks Celtic's dodgy defence will be come unstuck at times and their strikers may struggle. Now, we had the best defensive record and scored the most goals, so he can't back that up with two, the two reasons. No, but he genuinely... So he's either, he's either, he either believes it or he has seen it, so phone up to his programme at his idiot. party. Let's, get, let's try and get Hugh Keevans on so I can fucking... And then... Oh, I, think at the weekend, I think at the weekend he was saying Celtic are struggling, this will finish 1-1 and two minutes later we scored, but I've, I'm, I'm kind of leaning on the side that Hugh Keevans uh, Well said, Frank. I don't, I'm, I'm not I'm no competitive, it's more I know what you're trying to say, Franny, but I, I, yeah. um, Hugh Keevans is either a really intelligent man or a really stupid guy, and I think it's somewhere in the middle. He kens what to say to get folk phoning in the show. Yeah. We've went from Chris Boyd to Hugh Caves. How did that even happen? But I do well, get what you're... You brought up the media. I know. Yeah, no, 100%. But I mean, the, the different landscapes of what we're talking about. That's a, a phone-in and then Chris Boyd in the gantry of Celtic Park hiding, as he usually does now. Mm-hmm. And I think, just to like, sum it up, everyone here I in the comments... Is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Sean. Sorry. That's a bit harsh, sir, man. a bit aggressive, <laughs> I know. I don't want to yell at Obviously. No, but I mean, ev- everyone again has their own opinions on the media. And I think we all can agree kind of overall here that it's kind of shit for us because they kind of bring us down and as John rightly said Hugh Keevans sells Avon as well with William there as, as a cracker mm-hmm. and then again we'll we'll move on to the kind of quick kind of roundup of the transfer rumours John and the, the one that's kind of burning my ears at the minute is this rumour that Ross Barkley Celtic are interested in Chelsea midfielder Ross Barkley for a loan apparently he's on 180k a week he played six times last year for Chelsea by, by all counts he's kind of Dan away, Dan a death down there in terms of his footballing career. What what are you thinking on that one? Because it's a bit of a weird one for me. Alone's the only way he's ever going to come anywhere near Celtic because we can't afford these wages. And Chelsea would have to agree to pay at least 90% of that for that to even be feasible. And I just can't see that happening. Uh, but again, where did most of these rumours come from? They, they get drummed up. I think they, they, a lot of, a lot, I think a lot of media reporting as well like to just throw Celtic's name in to create stories as well. And I've said that before. I think what what I take most things I read with a pinch of salt when it comes to transfer rumours. Well, I'll, I'll happily discuss them, uh, but I, I I think this one's just kind of with for sort of price range, so to speak. When you like consider like the fact, yeah, the, the wage cut he would have to take. Like I said, Chelsea aren't they going to let him go and pay his full fucking wage? And we'd have to pay, like I said, you're looking at about eighty eighty five percent his wage. Chelsea would have to cover yeah. for it to be feasible and. If they want to get rid of him, then that's going to be the very last option they're taking. They'll look at everything else before that. So I can't see it happening. Yeah, and it's a strange one, Franny. It kind of came out a couple of days ago saying he's been earmarked for a move and people have made contact with Chelsea and things. Obviously, as John rightly said there, you take him with a pinch of salt, you don't know what's happening. Patrick McLaughlin comes in. There was a Marseille striker link with us earlier on today. I can't remember his name, but it's off the basis they just signed Alexei Sanchez on a free transfer, they're trying to ship this guy out and I think we're one of the clubs interested. But the Barkley one's obviously the, the more prominent rumour and in terms of the only one we can really speak about that's kind of gathering a wee bit of pace. And I heard someone earlier on saying it could be our version of Arm Ramsey and you don't want to go down that road. like You don't, and I, I can understand that argument because he's injury record, but uh, of late. But I, I would take him in a heartbeat, but I'm with one. I just... I don't see how it happens with the money side of it. I think he does improve our midfield. There's, there's no denying he is a good player. And I think if he did come up here, he would, he would come up with a point to prove. 
I, well, I would hope he would. I would hope he is because, as we've seen, and signs the person first. So we'd be cut if if you're bringing Barkley in, it's because he's got the right attitude. The only thing I don't, <laughs> one of the big things that I don't see it happening is, uh, is well, uh, money aside, uh, it's it's obviously got to be a loan deal, but our loan deal seems to be loan with an option to buy or obligation to buy. I just didn't see that happening with Barkley, and I didn't really think that's Angie's Angie's way of bringing in a guy just just for a season. But again, you just don't know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say Ross Barkley is an absolute superstar, but he's he's a really good player. He is a really good player. And I, I would, if it can be done, I would have him at Celtic. And I think he does. He is the type of player that would help us in the Champions League. So maybe Postecoglou's looking at it going, I can maybe accommodate one, one lone guy that I'm not just for the season, for the sake of the Champions League. Whereas I think when we are going to target the loan market, most it will be. Loan me an option to buy in that fee, like the the Yota and Carter Vickers thing. I've already agreed, but well, the thing I, is, though, right? See, see if you're just to touch on what you said there, mm-hmm. Francis. See if you are looking at players on that kind of money, and you're looking at clubs to maybe take a player on loan, and then saying, right, it's just going to be a loan deal. There's no option to buy. Mm-hmm. It's no something we're going to pick up in future. It's just a loan to see you the season uh, and strengthen in the meantime. And you're looking at players that are on that kind of money and you're looking for the club to pay that, there's far better options. Yeah. I, I would agree, but it's it's getting the players in. It's clear that Chelsea didn't want Barkley. Clearly didn't want him, so it might Aye. be an so easy deal. So that's why it makes it's it all an, an, unrealistic, because they, but they, I don't, they might, I, it might make an It might make an easier deal to do, to get them at the door short term. It puts them in the short window for a season. And then they maybe get a better fee from next season if he performs in the Champions League. I'll be honest, but I, w- I mean, it'll never happen because without getting into how much money the other team across the city's got, I would be trying to get Gilmore, who clearly hasn't got any future at, at, at Chelsea. But if he's available and Celtic are going from, you bet your bottom dollar Rangers will be going from. If we can afford them, Rangers could mm. afford them. And I think we know where we go first. Aye. One player... I, I do want to keep an eye on for the coming seasons. Just kind of round it off. Is Dylan Levitt for Dundee United? He isn't. He's a baller, mm-hmm. by the way. I've seen him in that European game against Alkmaar, and he, they get he him kept the Man ball Aye, for three hundred grand. I had him on loan last season, but he's a Aye. really good player. He kept the ball well. He was moving up the pitch, and every pass he done was forty. You don't really expect it for a team like Dundee United to take on Alkmaar and that kind of pressure state and play like that kind of football. So. That could be one for the future. We never know. I just think like from myself, he looked good from the couple of games I have seen him play. But in terms of the podcast, that is us rounded up. And come to yourselves, John and Francis. Have you enjoyed this one? Uh, it's good to be back on, mate. I miss it. What about yourself, Franny? <laughs> in your oh, hi. Good, good. I'm just hoping the heat doesn't. It's, it's fucking getting warm in here, and I've not got a fan. <laughs> I, might, I, I might need to go to a shop, man. Yeah. And Paul <laughs> Dad comes in. Gilmore would put up for adoption if he signed for us. <laughs> but again, just everyone who's watched along, we're at 77 Live, by the way, and it's absolutely fantastic. And again, get involved in Super 6. The league code is there. Download the app. We have the Samaritan Scottish Mental Health and Breathing Space for anyone who's experienced any difficulties throughout their life. Need to speak to someone, please reach out. Reach out to us. Call them numbers. There's always help where it's needed. And the membership as well. Get involved. 99p a month. John made the emojis. It helps the channel. Really appreciate the support and till next time, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.